0: We're all very, very hungover and the Bears suck.
1: So, hello and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to the NFL. Uh, we've got some news, but mostly a bit of preseason hype and a lot of Pro Bowl hype. <laughs> so, lads, how are you getting on? We've got uh, myself, Connor, we've got Harry. Hi. And we've also got Fitz. Hello. We've returned to our spiritual home. The start of the podcast was always recorded here in Harry's Gaff with a couple of cans. We're now back with a couple of cans in Harry's Gaff. Nothing like oh. it. Uh, you'll you'll see a massive uptick in the second half of this podcast where we move on to the vodka.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so lads, the crack of yourselves. Ah, uh, still recovering from last night, as I imagine you guys are as well. And um. bit of a—you had an engagement party, and you dropped by my uh, cocktail night as well. So. No, yeah, it was it was good fun. I think I think my mistake was you made me a lovely cocktail to
1: start, and then I was like, "Oh, my cocktail's gone. I'll just make one myself." With no idea of what I was doing, just like just pouring stuff in. I was like, "If I throw some fruit juice in on top, then that makes it a cocktail. It's well, healthy. <laughs> right? One of your five a day. Yeah, that's it getting
0: my getting that sweet, sweet vitamin C." <laughs> started with the Tom you Finished with the Tom. Whatever the fuck. Like,
1: oh yeah, well, because because we didn't have the right thing. I did. Um, this, so this actually goes back to back in Galway. Uh, Fitz was down in the the old uh, the old cocktail parties we used to have we never had all the ingredients. So if you remember, I got you to get me a, a, a marker so I could draw a mustache on my glass. So what we have was when we didn't have all the ingredients for a Tom Collins, we drew mustaches on the glass and just called them Tom Salix. <laughs> what about yourself Fitz, how
2: are you feeling? Uh, okay, uh, living. <laughs> it's also my birthday, so. Oh, my reward is dying.
1: Happy birthday! <laughs>
0: I'm yeah. not gonna punch fits. That that sound was caught punching fits.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: man down, man down.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah. So we're so we're deep in the dredges now of the preseason hype. We've now got every single news reporter saying, This person looks amazing. If they could play if, if the first game was tomorrow, they'd be playing. <laughs> like it's just nothing but bullshitology for the most part. So, so what we're going to do is run through a couple of bits of news and we're going to start our, uh, our pre-season assessments of teams. So we're going to do, this week we're going to do the NFC East and the NFC North. So obviously we'll try and keep it fairly tight so you don't end up listening to us for five hours uh Apart from you guys who listen to the live draft coverage, <laughs> you masochists. <laughs> so um, we'll go to you on this one. Uh, the first and um, probably the most major piece of news is knocking around at the moment is the reinstatement of Tom Brady's suspension. He's taking it to the Supreme Court. but <laughs> I gather, oh, well, it's, I, just, I just, I just, I just, love the image of like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's been like, why the fuck am I
0: listening to this? <laughs> no, well, <laughs> it's, it's a very important uh, labor relations uh, case, you know. Um, yeah. No, it's not going to the Supreme Court. They're trying to get an on-bank hearing of the uh, Circuit court, uh, court of Appeals, so basically all the judges listen to it. Boring legal stuff, nobody cares. The real thing is, is how is this still going on? Like, this is a year... This is over a year. Like, this is just ludicrous. I I don't... Like, I just don't understand why this is still a thing, how this is still a thing. Like, there is mishandling a situation, and then there is what has happened with this. It's not only that the NFL have mishandled this from the start... Now they might end up winning the case, which is great law for them, but it's just <laughs> unbelievable that we're still here. And you know, the thing is, if this does go to an on bank hearing, this is going to get dragged out. The suspension will again be suspended until uh, the hearing is done. So by the time this as is long, done, as long as they push it down, he'll just be retired. But the that's point exactly is, yeah, by the time <laughs> this is done, Tom Brady could be retired. Like <laughs> this is just insanity. Uh, I, I I don't really know what else to say about it. Like so well, obviously, it's great if we get him back. We probably won't, but like why is this still happening? So are you running excited for
2: four games of Jimmy Garofalo? Uh Garofalo, yes. Go Garoppolo. <laughs> Garoppolo based on what we saw last season when he would be prepped for Tom Brady's previous suspension. Uh apparently didn't impress people he was kind of underwhelming and people were very happy when Tom Brady managed to get off or so we thought at the time like it's interesting because like apparently there's also been news this week that like Tom Brady offered a very significant generous financial bribe yeah, <laughs> kind of. It is when we like, at our lowest that we must cheat our most hardest. <laughs> but based on the on the judgment that came out uh, again, like that basically reinstated the suspension, basically the NFL has a lot of eggs in making sure this goes as long as possible. No precedent is set that players mm. can effectively get around this, the fact that the commissioner can do whatever the this, hell he this, wants. This is something
1: thing I was going to say, because like, I think at this point, and you alluded to it earlier, Harry, like, I think this is a scenario where it's not about the offence or anything that happened at the moment. It's it's now just purely about they want to maintain the power structure and the the deliberation powers that are held by the commissioner. It's about that rather than about the initial offence.
0: Yeah, I mean none of the trials have obviously been about whether or not Tom Brady knew how uh, football's being deflated. I mean that that in and of itself would be ludicrous if that was the case. I mean it's obviously ludicrous anyway. But what this has fundamentally become about is yeah, the Commissioner's powers and what the ruling of the uh, appellate court essentially said was that Goodell can do whatever the hell he wants if he deems it to be bringing the game I, I, I can't remember I know the, the European yeah, phrase is bringing the game to distribute yes. the equivalent for that protecting the shield and all that jazz. Yeah. jazz the problem with that is and why this is crazy is that that literally means he can do literally whatever he wants yeah for anything
2: so it'll make the CBA negotiations interesting in 2020 yeah um, obviously we know how that went last time round mm. lockout for most of the preseason.
1: but this is the thing though like there's there's exponents of the CBA coming out and saying there's a reason that we want the power structure to be this way so you've got a you've actually got an internal division happening there where some people are saying this is a ridiculous amount of powers to, to, to give to the commissioner yet there are still members who are like there's a reason we put it here we want to be able to internally regulate stuff rather than so it's not just purely the, the, the management that want to keep it there there is a large block of the players as well who want to keep that decision in-house rather than making it external
0: yeah it's, it's really going to be um, down to what DeMar Smith thinks and based on what happened with the last CBA negotiations he's, he's a mediator fundamentally I think you know he might be more on the side of the block who don't want to rock the boat too much. So
1: probably not going to
0: realistically affect
1: the season. It's probably going to be kicked like kick the can down the road style stuff for a while. Uh it would be interesting to see what it will look like with Jimmy Garofalo under center,
2: especially Garofalo. They, they've got they've, <laughs> Garofalo like a chicken. Not Garofalo like Janine Crawford. <laughs> That's another nickname. <laughs> I
1: thought I, I thought that was her, his drag act, no. <laughs> The th- the thing I will say is that it's a it's a it's a run of games that you would be happy to have a backup under center except for, Arizona, yeah. par- except for Arizona. But like I think Arizona is one that would challenge them even with Tom Brady. Yeah. So if you write that one off, it's it's three home games with Jets, Bills, that kind of shit. Like so, now they're important games because obviously they're in division games. But I don't think any of us are looking at this and saying, oh, they're gonna struggle. <laughs> yeah, well, the best part
0: is if Brady does get suspended, he comes back, I know we're playing the week he comes yeah. back. <laughs> Who else? Poor old Cleveland. Oh God. if
1: you lost to Cleveland after that, it would be it would just be hilarious. Uh, right, we're going to keep the news going because we're going to spend a lot of time on this preseason snipe. We've got the Super Bowl venue announcements have happened. We've got Atlanta, Miami, and Los Angeles in nineteen, twenty, and twenty one. Uh, New Orleans lost out in this. They were up for the same ones. I'm not gonna lie, there's one or two of these. And I'm like, eh, but it shows it shows very much that they're taking the stance of if you build a stadium or if you invest a significant amount of money in your stadium you will then get the benefit of this we've talked previously about how you actually don't get much of an economic benefit to having a super bowl as a city but for the venue and for the team that gets it there is a huge windfall of money for them so what do we reckon about these
2: are we happy are we not happy would we like to see them elsewhere well it's always hard to judge something which hasn't been Yes, <laughs> like you know, um, the Mercedes Benz Stadium, and like and like, like the, Minnesota have it two years from now, and they have their new stadium coming in this season, uh, and then Los Angeles. Obviously, we've talked more than enough about the the nature of the Los Angeles stadium that will be coming. Yeah. hopefully by we will,
1: we, will, we will be having a wee chat yeah. about one
2: of the teams that were involved in Los Angeles later as well but the most interesting one obviously was kind of Miami because they they poured a lot of money into redeveloping the you stadium just, somewhere
1: in the of about 600 million dollars yeah. into redeveloping that so stadium. that was
2: definitely the one where it's like this is a reward for you know doing doing mm. the NFL well effectively yeah it's like the simple like, that's, like <laughs> that's the thing
1: like I've, I've heard from a couple of people uh that so you know obviously we're fans we live mm-hmm. in Ireland right we, we we get to maybe like see game in England or like we've got tickets to the college game here in Ireland that's coming up in September I've heard from a couple of people who have gone to the Super Bowl that it is the worst game to actually go to as a fan because about 70 to 80% of those seats are just for corp and journalists (laughs) So there's very little in terms of like actual fan atmosphere at these games. So I think it's essentially a moot point in some respects
2: uh, for where it's held because I think it's always a game that's going to cut out the average, the average watcher. And the other thing about Miami is that there's always a chance that a massive storm will just come in in the, in the middle of the week and it's like wash the entire town away. <laughs> uh, to be there's the a thing that I'd, I'd love
1: to see, I'd love to see a Super Bowl in Kansas City just because, one, I think Arrowhead is a great stadium, but two it gets fucking hella cold down there and like you know they were worried about the New York one mm. like could you imagine what <laughs> they like there's a running thing of like people who go down to Arrowhead Stadium during November December all kind of stuff they bring se- they have to sneak section of the cardboard in with them to try and put extra buffer
2: between them and the concrete that they're standing on because it keeps your feet slightly less frostbit that's mad that sounds like the exact of thing the NFL wants for their <laughs> for their key event of the year. But hey, dickhead, still allowed a stadium? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, the Falcons have been doing their best, haven't they? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, They just need to install
1: better speakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, given we're talking about these new teams, these new stadiums and that kind of stuff, there's a big, big bit of movement. Now, this was initially just a leverage move to, to try and make sure that they could get money to, to fix up their current stadium, but the Raiders have seemed to have gotten a hundred percent behind the idea of moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> Initially, the the Shield, <laughs> the NFL, have an issue with this because they try and keep themselves as distant from gambling as possible. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'm sure you guys saw the 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 article put online showing the uh, the distance from the nearest casino to every single uh, to every single team's venue, and I think. There's only one venue that's not within twenty miles of a casino. <laughs> so like this idea of that's the issue is is essentially bullshit, right? But they've now got craft and I think I think Rooney has also rode in behind them on this. What what are your guys' takes on this? Would you like to see
2: a Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, like, I think the whole gambling thing, like, with the whole daily fantasy thing, I think the owners... Like, they can't say anything because of the politics of gambling in America, but I think they're more than happy to make more money, so... Like, Las Vegas, it's kind of interesting, because it's not actually that big of a city by the standards of an NFL team. Like, the amount of people actually live in Las Vegas is actually relatively small. Obviously, the massive amount of people come in every day, so... The problem is, is that will they have a sustainable fan base who will go there every week, or are they going to have to rely on like people wanting to have an NFL game as part of their you know revenue for going to all the casinos and stuff like that? Yeah, like part of, part part yeah. of a stag do kind of thing. Yeah, so like that like that's a massive opportunity itself, but obviously week to week, if they're not doing well, like you, that's going to prevent like you have worries that this won't become. Like a well-followed franchise, many of the same issues which we're, or with LA, but LA I was, I was, is so about, big, I was about to say maybe yeah. I like I like can get away with it, but Las Vegas is kind of small relative to that. Yeah. Um, but like, um, like there's also some apparently internal politics between the different casinos right now because it's kind of been driven by, um, uh, Adelson. Basically, is the guy who's pushing it uh, from his end of the of the strip. And the other one, the other, the other, a lot of the other casinos were in favor of uh, putting the foot. Like, basically, this came from a room tax on hotels, yeah. And they're saying that's where the public money will come from, and they wanted to use that towards a convention center. But okay. But like, basically, the guys who are in favor are arguing like, well, you know, no one comes to Las Vegas because of a better convention. Like, no that doesn't <laughs> yeah. really sell the city <laughs> having an NFL team on sell the city. So, like, the that's PR, true. the PR is coming hard and fast now uh, from the. From the last to the Las Vegas side, mm. um, and they're basically saying like, and they, and their big arguments like, like there'd be very little tax money actually used in this. Fair enough. It'll that's... be run by us as a commercial venture, and if it, if it goes tits up, we'll will we'll, we're basically shareholders. Oh, well, that's good.
1: Like real, realistically, the main thing it'll provide is finally at least one new kind of story point for the next hangover film well, yeah. what about yourself harry what's your thoughts on this i actually just really um,
0: vegas itself is quite small the vegas metro area is actually one of the 32 biggest metro areas in, in america so in theater like when you consider like places like paradise and uh certain places place like that like okay. so there, there is enough people there um of course the question is yeah can it sustain a fan base because the, the risk is you can't really have the model like the sports that are very vegas dependent like boxing mixed martial arts They firstly, it's a smaller uh, amount of people, generally speaking. Secondly, it's the ability to uh, again, it's relying on people coming to to see these things as part of the Vegas experience. It's part of uh, it's a sport that doesn't rely on like a a geographically centralized fan base, and it brings in and of course, what brings people in is not just the event, but also Vegas itself as a destination rather than place to live, and also the gambling is what brings people in very very heavily. So it's very difficult to divorce sports in Vegas. From the gambling I think that's what adds A little bit of extras Beyond Vegas is gambling Sports in Vegas is gambling
1: Here's a question That I think is relevant to that A a lump of players Have came out and said That they don't like the idea Of having a Las Vegas franchise On the basis of You know We've seen it a lot Especially in recent years Of players coming in And getting a lump of money And then just living A terrible lifestyle And essentially just Shitting it away Right there's a lump of players, especially quite high up in the CBA, like the the the, the players' union, NFLPA, player, yeah. uh, that that have said that they do not want a Las Vegas franchise because they think it's a problem. And I think like, I can I can fully get the idea. Like it's probably not the best place to let a young twenty two year old suddenly have millions of dollars. But like I like I think that's spurious. Mm. Like I would I would think that like you know people can can, especially when we see people retiring early these days we can see they're taking it more seriously they're looking at it as being I'm going to set myself up and like people are leaving the league earlier now because they can they can understand that I think this is just bullshitology that they're trying to spin out because they need you know content for
0: the off season rather than anything else what's your thoughts on that like do you think that's actually an issue yeah I agree with you that it's spurious because I think look at like if Johnny Manziel can go and fuck himself up in Cleveland like, I'm pretty sure you can do it in Vegas. Like, you can oh, he's up like in court in this week as well. He is, yeah. It turns out he <laughs> is a horrible human being. But anyway, um, but that's the point. So, like, these guys have enough money. They, the ones who want to go off and do that will just go to Vegas anyway. Mm. That's like, it. That or New happens. Jersey or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is that, or, yeah, or Atlantic, <laughs> Atlantic City. Atlantic City, Atlantic you know, City. Yeah. exactly. Like, yeah, should or or not go to the Indian Giants? <laughs> Native American preservation. <laughs> yeah. Especially oh, in Washington. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah no I agree with you that that, that is nonsense it's, it is just an interesting one because like from a financial perspective it makes a lot of sense but from like a place to establish a sports franchise Vegas doesn't have that sports culture yeah so that I think is the big bridge to, to gap uh, the, the big gap to bridge to be honest they're probably if they really really want to they can definitely find a way to make it work but uh, like, and you know it might happen because I'll da- Mark, uh, Mark, Mark Davis sorry Al Davis is well Al <laughs> 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 Davis is no. allegedly no. dead <laughs> uh, Mark Davis is a nut job so anything can happen, <laughs> and they do, they do need to get out of that stadium. Casper so, the yeah. speedy ghost. Look, we'll, we'll see. It's a its a tricky one to pull off, but the NFL probably does mm. have the resources the to one,
2: The one wild card,
0: no pun intended, but, uh, in this
2: situation is obviously the Chargers' decision to go in with the Rams. Mm. It hasn't been confirmed yet. They're still yeah. in negotiations with San Diego. So obviously if they chose not to uh, go into the LA thing with the Rams... Then I think They're this is much Ra- more likely. Yeah. yeah, like the
1: Raiders so, have
2: first
0: option yeah. on joining. I, I will the say ranks. one other thing is that this could also be a case of softening up for San Antonio. Yeah, that's,
1: oh, that's could a, be. Yeah, to spur be them on. You know, now to, to, <laughs> to, to the to the main issue in news this week, the most important of all, we are seeing a reformat of the Pro Bowl back to how the Pro Bowl used to be: AFC versus NFC. Now. Look, I'm Team Irving until I die, right? <laughs> but! <laughs> <laughs> Respect! Oh I've, I've, I've literally got a closet in my house that's just full of Pro Bowl ch- <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to Hawaii. They're going to Florida now. Uh, they're going AFC versus NFC. We had a long chat last night about, rather than a Pro Bowl game, which is just the greatest thing that ever happens, but like, if these two teams were to meet in, say, a championship round game who would have the better team uh, which in theory is what it's meant to be but mm. what it is is so much better <laughs> <laughs>
2: so what are we making of the movements to the Pro Bowl well they're trying like the thing is like the, the Pro Bowl still makes money because there's such a deficit of NFL content yeah. especially in that week they could just, like you could literally just like you couldn't Pretty up this piece of crap, and people will still watch it. Uh, not as many people as they would like, obviously. But it's well, just glad, glad we know that to be true, just purely yeah. on the basis of like how much
1: of preseason games we actually end up watching. it's yeah. just like we're so starved for football, we
2: will watch anything. So, well, like, but, like, what they're trying to do is they're trying to turn it into like a week long event. and They're busy. They're kind of like loving up with uh, Disneyland, which is obviously in Orlando as well. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make a whole, like, a Pro Bowl week of the whole thing. Apparently, like, they'll be getting, like, their Pop Warner coaches and, uh, like, they're like, the coaches who coached like, all these players when they were young. It's going to be, like, a whole thing for a week. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of unfortunate NFL beat writers walking around Orlando having to talk to, like, Mickey Mouse and what the fuck does he think about it. <laughs> Like, thankfully, you know, like the, like, the Pro Bowl will still... I think it'll be more interesting with the NFC versus AFC thing because, obviously, we saw last year that the draft... Some people just don't get how Pro Bowls are won and made it incredibly one-sided by p- Yeah, defense. like so, so, someone drafted a really good defence. Yeah. And <laughs> like, why? <laughs> the only thing that matters in the Pro Bowl is skill positions. I'm pretty and sure uh, one year uh, Joe Hayden laid out Josh Gordon. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> in, that, in that case, um, I think quality will be more even on average most years. But mm-hmm. I think like given like there was an injury to Tyler Eifert coming from the Pro Bowl... I don't think we're going to be seeing any great deluge of more people mm. signing up this season than one, the one, massive dropout we saw last. One, one
1: of the things that I still like, I know they're doing this rejig, and let's be honest, it's one of the good pluses to the NFL is that like they'll happily do things like try out new stuff that will better the fan experience, and if it doesn't work, they will they will roll back. And like I think really I'm, I'm happy to see they said look. We, we only instituted this new system three, four years ago. It's not working, so we're going to just roll back and we're going to try something different, which is nice to see. But uh, the thing with this, I think, is that even though they've rolled back and they've changed it to try and make it more of a fan experience, they're still putting it before the Super Bowl. Mm. They're still putting it in a scenario where who are clearly the best teams and the best, well, at least some of them are going to be the best players, are not going to be able to compete in this. And I know people will say no, and maybe, maybe we should just, like, give them all four-game suspensions if they don't jump to the Pro Bowl. Because, <laughs> you know, it's the greatest show on turf. You know, this idea of we're going to have the Pro Bowl but not the teams who are the best, <laughs> it's
0: very strange to me. Like, that seems to me like something they should roll back on. Yeah, no, no other sport does that. Has yeah. the uh, has their all-star game before the championship I don't know why they do it, um, presumably just to fill the week, yeah. but look, it's the Pro Bowl. It's really, all these changes aren't going to much of a difference, they went away from the NFC, AFC format. It's still going to be was, the greatest show. Because it was boring and people didn't care. What? And that's why they ditched the, the AFC I know right, shocking news. Fitz, Fitz, like, this guy, this guy, doesn't get it. Oh I don't get it, you're
1: right. Pro you're right. Bowl hype. Yeah, pro <laughs> Bowl hype.
0: You can you can you can have your Pro Bowl hide, it's the Pro Bowl, it's getting not gonna make much of a difference. Having the whole week thing is nice and makes it a bit more and it's good doing stuff with the pop warner and the high school coaches and things like that. But uh the game itself is you know people still I say people still aren't gonna turn up, they're gonna have entire teams, even teams that don't make the Super Bowl like the Patriots, very rarely. I think Matthew Slater is the only one who actually Turned bothers turning up for the Pro Bowl most of the time. Yeah. So and lads, essentially what we're saying is you know, It'll be interesting to see, probably not making much of an effect
1: Because it's still going to be the greatest show we've ever seen How can you improve on perfection, right? That's it, uh, the only way is to make it more perfect Which is exactly what they're doing So I suppose we're going to move on to our previews of two different divisions
0: <laughs> So Connor has got a horn And this is going to be interesting well, wow, that's actually the phrasing that my girlfriend uses a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. So we're gonna go through a bit of a quick a quick flyby. Cause we don't we don't, essentially we don't want you to have to sit here for two hours again. So uh, we're gonna do a quick flyby, take about four minutes each uh, for the for the teams. This is the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like the podcast, pro, like the, you know, like the Pro Bowl for two, two hours. hours. This, yeah, th- uh, this supposed <laughs> to So we're gonna cover off the NFC East and the NFC North. So I suppose we'll start straight out with Cowboys. We've got obviously some injury questions have happened. We've got Romo coming back. We've got Dez coming back, but like neither of them still fully performing yet. They've lost pretty much pass rush. <laughs> uh, they've added a potentially explosive new uh, running back. Uh, they've they've literally got a incredible stable of running backs right now. I think. So, what are you guys' takes on this? What do you think are the big issues? I'm going to go to Harry first on this one. Like, what do you think are the big changes in the uh, in the Cowboys? And we'll do our we'll do our prediction at the end.
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty much what you've what you've hit on there. Um, they're sort of just relying on that O line again, uh, and just hoping Romo stays healthy and Bryant stays healthy. I mean, they've got a, their formula; it worked when players were fit, and they want to continue on that. Now, the, the question is, of course, the defense. What's happening there? Um, so yeah, no, it, it is about that running game. I don't know how they're going to manage with the three running backs. We might not see all of them on the roster at the end, It will be interesting. to uh, see, see how they... Your boy, deal with your, 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 your boy
1: Freddie Mares. How do you buried. see that happening?
0: I don't know at this point. It's, it's very difficult to say why they picked him up, given that they then... Or why they drafted Elliot. Like, what the plan is there. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. Particularly what's going to be interesting is to see... How well Elliott can hold up uh, in blitz pick-up and pass protection things like that because that's going to seriously affect how they handle the uh, the running back rotation. Um, I think Morris is a good scheme fit at the Cowboys in zone blocking scheme. We've seen that uh, when they ran that at uh, Washington worked quite yeah. well for him. But there is a lot of sort of bits there that are very unclear with Dallas, and I'm not confident that they have worked out what they're going to do no, uh, other than just like we're just going to use we're just going to tank it behind the O line and hope for the best on defense and hope it all works out I'd hope everyone stays healthy and given how it's gone in the past I'm not sure I'd rely on that so what are your thoughts
2: Fitz? what what, what do you see as being the risks for this team
0: like on paper this is
2: probably the best most talented team like if everyone no, stayed healthy I'd, I'd, I'd say Bengals okay. like, a, like in the NFC East um, <laughs> like if everyone stays Chichol healthy Chichol if Tony Romo like... stays healthy if Des Bryant stays healthy that offensive line with a good running back like Ezekiel Elliott then that is a, the most explosive offense by a significant amount in the SECs, and then like because they're playing, they will be playing a power run game. They can keep the defense off the pitch and kind of kill games out that way. There's just so many question marks about this team. Um, I, pre- I presume we're all looking at this and going, Dak Prescott's going to start at least two or three games this season. Yeah, if that happens, then, then that's where the trouble starts. Because like basically, Tony Romo's like spine is being like pulled together with twine and, like, staples and just, like, doesn't make any sense more. And we all know that Tony Romo isn't the kind of... Tony Romo's
1: spine doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> Copyright Romo Fitzpatrick. He
2: doesn't... He doesn't really take think care He his
1: collarbone, not oh. his spine.
2: Well, I think he had some spinal... He did, have lingering spinal issues. Um, yeah, it's always reassuring. <laughs> lingering spinal issues. Ah, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> That's what I always say about my spine. I just hope it keeps lingering. So, like, I think, like, Tony Romo can't really trust that he'll stay up and if he goes we've seen in previous years like they, that, that this team isn't very good like they still had, like you know like you could say that you know they lost Marco Murray last season and they like maybe if they'd still had Marco Murray they could have won some of those games they, they lost they managed to get a thousand yards out of glass McFadden yeah. like. so that's what I'm saying like the run game is going probably going to be effective no matter what but that means that the pressure on having a quarterback is still quite big there just to take advantage of what that running game is. And like Zach Prescott, I don't know if he's good enough to take advantage of that. Like they tried a lot of quarterbacks last year, including RIP Matt Castle. Um, uh, Matt Castle. And it didn't I work. I will
1: remember you. <laughs> you are not play for all of hearts. Because I think
2: the important thing for them is they have to keep that defense off the field. Because it, like, if they keep it off the field, it can be average like it was two years ago. But if they're on the field, they're going to get cut up in the backfield. And they're going to get cut up because they don't have any path rush.
1: So we're going to do one sentence, try and keep it tight enough. I know Fitz, you're a madman for, you know, if I just use a semicolon as I'm talking, then I can just keep talking. <laughs> uh like, one sentence that you think is going to sum up the main questions going to happen in this team during this season, and then we'll go into what our
0: predictions for them are. So, I'm going to say, where's the pass rush going to come from? I would, yeah, mine's pretty similar. It's like, can they keep the defence off the field, and can they keep the offence healthy? Tony Romo's spine doesn't
2: make sense <laughs> <laughs> so I think my prediction for this team this
1: year is I have them going 9-7 and 7 and winning the division and then being eliminated in the divisional round I think they make it through the wildcard round
0: I have them um, 6-10 and 10. I think they've got a tough schedule with the NFC and the AFC North and yeah, that's basically it, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Yeah. I had done seven and nine. And that's basically just an amalgam of two different
2: worlds and like the weighted like basically yeah. the weighted average of the world where Tony Romo gets injured and the world where Tony Romo isn't injured. That's true, yeah. And yeah. I end up with seven and nine. No, oh, that's fair enough. So we're gonna move on then to the Eagles.
1: Uh this is the team that's probably been the most active in terms of what the changes that we've seen happening. They've got a new head coach, they've got a lump of new players, they've lost some previous players, they've got an ongoing you know, media fight happening about whether or not Sam Bradford wants to play football uh, or wants to cry in a corner. This is a team that has done a lot this off-season. This is a team that's had a lot of changes. I suppose depending on whether you think they were good moves or bad moves is going to define how you think their season's going to go. Now having said that I'm pretty certain we have all picked the exact same prediction for their, for their win total this year. But uh, I'll go to Fitz on this one first. What do you think are the
2: main things that concern you slash enthuse you about this team? Well, it was such a weird off-season for them because the first thing that they did in the first half of the off-season is they got rid of Chip Kelly they get rid of some of chip kelly's kind of expensive mistakes like uh, Maxwell, uh, Kiko Alonso, DeMarco yeah. Murray. And that made kind of sense. It's like, okay, we're re our team and then they signed up their young players and new contracts. And then they decide, "Oh, we're going to give all of our picks away for quarterback even though we just gave money to Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel." And it's like, what? Like it's like cuz it was going so well up to that point. It's like a solid like we're rebuilding, like we could yeah. be a solid team. And then suddenly they just like blow everything up and just like like and then I'm just left with like I don't know, like any fate that had been built up that this Do new you, regime would work is blown up by such given, irrational, given, erratic behaviour. Given
1: that they, uh, like the main knock on the Chip Kelly stuff when he was then given control of player personnel was that he went a bit wild and no one knew what the end point is. And then they thought they had a separation to it whenever they brought in uh, Doug, Pedersen and all that kind of stuff. Like, is this essentially them fixing a load of stuff and then just going... Directly
2: back to exactly the problems they had in player personnel beforehand. Yeah, because like if you're if you're in a rebuilding phase and you're like you're, like you still have enough talent, you think we can still compete, but you're you are fundamentally rebuilding as you're changing so many things. You should have solidity. Then the op the opposite of solidity is like trading all of your picks for a new quarterback when you already have a quarterback who's serviceable. It just like it made no sense, especially when the coach brings his own quarterback in as a free agent yeah. as well. And like. The problem for Pedersen is, is, that we don't really know who Pedersen is. Like he didn't run the offense in Kansas City; that was Andy Reid. Well, he did
1: in the second half.
2: <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. The only thing associated Pedersen as a coach was that he was bad at timekeeping, <laughs> keeping with the Andy Reid tradition. Yeah, and so like Philly really goes back to what it knows, you know. Yeah. The expectations would have been fine without a QB controversy uh, and just kind of were rebuilding and stuff like that. But by creating this QB controversy. I don't know what's going with the Eagles anymore. What about yourself,
1: Harry? What are you thinking when you look at this Eagles team? Are you kind of buoyant on them? Do you think this this is a good start of a rebuild? Or is this a team that went rebuild but then also went, well, we know how these fans are. We need to aggressively try to compete,
0: albeit in a very, very strange way. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It's a really <laughs> crack-handed approach to it, because the fans are you, know, you know, Philly don't have a patient fan base. Bring, you know, I, I, Like, Rowan's just nailed, I think, just a mess of the quarterbacks. I don't know what they're playing at. I don't know. There's no... Long-term plan there, unless they. Do you I think they do, can do trade one? I, I don't think. Do, do you think the they're trying thing.
1: to trade one of them,
0: assuming there'll be an injury during you know pre-season Maybe, but like Chase Daniels, unproven. Sam Bradford is mediocre. It's not like these are guys they can get a huge amount for, especially given how much money they've just thrown. I mean, look at look, Colin Kaepernick who's happy, you know, the whole thing that happened with him, media quarterback being overpaid, is very, very difficult to trade, even to a team that needs them and wants them. Yeah. And that's the issue they've got there. And the other thing is, it's not just about the quarterback, so that's the baffling thing, the really baffling thing. The other thing that I find baffling about it, and this is I think a knock-on effect of giving away so many picks, is that their secondary is bad and will continue to be bad because they haven't done a huge amount to fix it. Yeah. They brought in one or two guys, but there's no, like... Like they, they they haven't really fixed the problems they've had at cornerback. They're sort of relying on dice just magically getting better, and it's like, well, this has been a consistent issue. Um, maybe the, obviously, coaches may, might know something we don't, which is probably fair. Yeah, but that to me was one of the big big problems for Philly was that their secondary could not defend against the pass. And I haven't seen anything to fix that. So now they sort of borked the offense and not fixed the big problem that they were having last season. Well, one of the big, one of the few bright
2: spots on the secondary was Walter Thurmond, and now he's decided to retire. Yeah, yeah. like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that doesn't you know bode well for the Philly. No,
1: of course. So I suppose, lads, if we were to sum this up in one line, what would you have, Harry? Jesus fucking Christ! What are you doing? <laughs> okay, Fitz, Tony <laughs> Romo's spine again. <laughs> <laughs> Fitz has just shrugged. I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I was to put this in a sentence, I'd probably say you took you took the right stance on trying to rebuild. Stop pretending that you're not rebuilding. I think the problem is that by the end of the season, the one sentence might be maybe this wasn't Chip Kelly's fault. Yeah, that is that is the most worrying thing of the lot. Is that possibly it wasn't? I suppose he was he was a lightning rod, is what he was. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, do quick predictions now. We can just do this in one in one go because we've all got the exact same prediction for this team. And I'm not gonna lie. Especially after the chat we've just had, I think we are all too, <laughs> too nice in this. Um, I've got six and ten. You've got six and ten. You've got six and ten. Oh, six six and ten. Uh, if they get six and ten, I actually think that's a fair decent thing. Although the thing, is, the, the, the the reason, the reason I have a slight buoyancy on them is just I'm like, I could well see after week five they just put in Carson Wentz and then they see how it goes, and then they they, they dedicate down to we will be a young team, we'll be a rebuild team. I think the problem they have is just the identity. They're not sure. They were rebuilding, and then they're like, no, no, we can't just be a rebuild team. They have to accept that and, and just get on to it. So on to the Giants, I suppose. Uh, we have a team that will presumably go somewhere in the region of 7-9, make the playoffs, and then win the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Bats. Uh, they have... Again, quite a tumultuous off-season. They fired their long-time coach. They promoted their offensive coordinator to now head coach. Kept all of the staff and all of the players. So and Coughlin's
2: hanging uh, around in the facility, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, it's just really bizarre that like Coughlin was the one they fired. And like, oh, it's fire him. And then we've got a scapegoat and then everything's good. We'll just keep it rolling. Uh, they have explosive, uh, explosive playmakers on... The offensive side of the ball They've got some Interesting And quite good players On the defensive side of the ball But they were never Really getting it done They were just Eternally in this Kind of they're, They were in every fight But you never thought They were going to win Those fights uh, They've added Fernan Jenkins Harrison They've lost a few Kind of Key players what do you reckon? I'll go with Harry on this to start. Uh, how do you look at this off season for them, and how do you look at them going into into this uh, into this new season?
0: Yeah, obviously, they've made a big effort to upgrade uh, the defense, which was an issue for them at times last season, particularly when JPP was out with his uh, hand not existing, <laughs> um, which is you know, and I mean that's sort of a, I think a throwback. Theoretical too. fingers, yeah, and I think I think again, there's an aspect of that. And I mentioned this before actually last season. I think. Um, about what they were probably going to do, which is try and go back to the Giants of all the Super Bowl winning teams who were able to just have really strong, cohesive defences that didn't necessarily have like one or two outstanding players but were just really well-drilled, well-schooled and able to mm. basically do the whole, whole defence wins championships kind of thing uh, when it mattered. Now, whether or not that's going to work out when you bring in so many people and just sort of hope they gel and might not click immediately for them, but the question for them, I think, is, is on the offence, which um, is interesting, obviously McAdoo being the former offensive no. coordinator they they don't really seem to have found a solution to the problems they were having in the run game last year that seems to have been a big thing that was a big one I was yeah. thinking yeah. running back Eli is not as good as Eli used to be uh, I think that's been pretty apparent over the last two seasons that his level of play is still good but has just dropped off um, he's going to be throwing to Odell Beckham and some sacks of potatoes, basically at this point. Well,
2: they got Sterling Shepherd in the second. Round. Yeah. They do and have Sterling Shep- but again, We don't know. How and then Victor Cruz. Yeah, they don't know is it, how good these are. Victor Cruz
0: is the big X factor. I look at in this. He is, but Cruz is again. He's been struggling a lot with in- injuries, obviously mm. recently, and has obviously he's had questionable hands for a long, long time. You don't know how somebody like how long somebody like that is going to get, take to get back to the level they could be at, or even if they are ever going to get back to that level at all. There's huge question marks there. They got rid of Ruben Randall, who was an occasionally effective player who just didn't know how to run routes, but he was somebody who did get them out of some spots last season. Uh, he, he does have, did have big playability, uh, despite obviously his knees and his, his uh, sense of direction. Uh, he's gone. So it, there's so many question marks on that offense, like who's Manning going to throw the ball to? Who's going to be running it? How good are the O-line going to be? Because they haven't been good for a while. No, and, they ha- and they also have not massively improved that at all. No, but... they ha- they haven't. So... There's just a lot of like the question marks are on the are on the offense and yeah I, I get what they're doing in the defense I think it's a good place to start I think it's good to go back to the tradition that worked well for them before mm-hmm. and you know hopefully for them it will uh, it it will pan out but I'm just not convinced that this team like this team is going to you know they're going to be tough they're going to upset teams but I don't don't see them becoming what they haven't been for a while which is a team that can consistently win games no of
1: course so we're like we're also we're also looking at this team as essentially they're looking into last three years of a window realistically with Eli and that's why I think they they preference McAdoo they were looking to try and keep some continuity there and think he works well with him and all that kind of stuff so like the problem I have and I'm going to come to you now on this Fitz is I look at this team and to an extent kind of similar to the Eagles where they're not sure what the identity is like they did a bit of like bringing in defensive players, trying to go like, look, we we have to build for a run because this is our window. But as you were saying, Harry, like they've they've missed steps that are very important in that of like you want men in the trenches to be able to defend your quarter. Like if you want to go on a run for three years of a window, you need to protect that quarterback. Uh, like, what do you think? Like, is is this a team that's set up to to run at this window, or is
2: this a team that is kind of flailing, trying to figure itself out? Well, like I think it's more like the, like you saying the team is flailing. I think it's Jerry Reese, the GM, who is flailing. He like he has been under a lot of pressure for the last few seasons because obviously the Giants have underperformed. The person who got the chop was the you know Super Bowl winning like you got rid of a Super Bowl winning coach in Tom Coughlin. Two like, Super Bowls. I, yeah, Super Bowl <laughs> winning, like like a legend. In yeah. New York, he'll obviously... And that's why you get to stick around. I was, I I was, I was
1: so sad that he, he interviewed in Philly. I was like, oh, could you imagine if he just come <laughs> and fucking coached
2: Philly? <laughs> <laughs> so what you have here is, I think, is a desperate GM looking to make a splash. Ended up overpaying a lot of good but not great players. Like, Olivier Vernon had a good season last season because pass rushers have such a high premium. Yeah. They overpaid. Like, Snack Harrison's like a two-down player. Very good two-down player, but still got overpaid. And Norris Jenkins, uh, like like a mediocre like a A a fairly mediocre set set, like cornerback who was given like
0: Richard Sherman Patrick Peterson money Jenkins it's critical remember he was one of two uh, defensive backs that the Rams had a choice on who to tag and they did not tag Jenkins and that says everything I think
2: exactly so I just it kind of feels like a desperate GM like as you say going for like for a last dance and I think if this fails with all that money they spent and all that contract money that they, they've thrown away mm. this could be a team that could end up going into a very long like a few years of purgatory if this doesn't work out oh, so yeah. I'd be very worried like I'm, I'm, even, I'm more worried about their future than I even about how they'll do this season because I think it'll be kind of average this season Yeah, like I, that I, won't be enough
1: so I suppose we're to put it into one sentence I'll start with you Ronan uh, one sentence that you think defines the Giants or what the main question will be uh, desperate desperation okay
0: where does this consistency come from? Yeah. What? This was Coughlin's fault? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got All these... that modern medicine, you know? I've, I've got... More
1: leeches. I've got these guys going straight down the middle. I've got them going 8-8 eight and eight and missing the playoffs. Uh, Harry, you've got them at... 5-11, uh, and 11. I think the problems on offense are significant, and again, mm. tough schedule. Again, I think through our chats, I'm like, I was probably overly nice to them.
2: What about yourself? And I had them 8-8, eight eight, uh, which in my prediction would get them into the wildcard round, but eliminated. Very good, very good. So, it's time to move on
1: to the uh, to the white faces, the, the racists. <laughs> uh, the Snyders. Yeah. <laughs> the fighting Snyders, yeah. The, the 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 Snyderists, let's call them. Interesting off season, they have unloaded a load of contracts, sent some people elsewhere. That I think we would all agree are generally pretty good people. Like Freddie Morris, I know is your boy uh, Harry. So you know you 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 you'll love him regardless. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> it's like that uh, the Jim Carrey film. I love you, Freddie Morris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, they've added. Josh Norman they've added Josh Doxon I'm mad about Joshes. Uh yeah. they've added a few players here they have I think tagged uh, Cousins so he's making a lump of money this year he's come out and said he's happy to be tagged he loves the idea of getting one year to show again This a man who I cannot stand in an interview but I actually have a lot of respect for on like how well he had like he was you know picked up in the third round was sat behind RG3 and didn't, didn't cause a fuss about it. He was like, look, when I get my chance, I get my chance and I'll show it. Like, he had a good year last year. He needs to stop fucking using that catchphrase. But, you know, it's all good. This is a team that I think is poised to do well if they can make it happen. But there's so many... So normally you have a team where you're like, they have a couple of blue chips. And then you're like, if this one thing goes right, they can do well. With this team, there are three or four things that I look at and gonna go, this is a question mark. Like, Kirk Cousins is a question mark whether he can repeat that kind of stuff. Like, can their wide receiver core, because they're, they're, they're getting a little bit old now, still keep it up. Like, what are they going to do with running back? Like, what are they going to do with what was a terrible secondary last year? Like, what do you reckon... Harry, I'll go to you on this one to start. What's your take on this team?
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. This is one that sort of could swing either way and will probably end up swinging both ways and finishing up relatively mediocre. There are, again, a lot of questions about camp repeat. Can people maintain level? In fairness, uh, yeah, there is aging wide receiver, but also they've got young guys. They've brought in Doxon. They had uh, Jameson Crowder came on mm. last season. Uh, but also, did you see uh, Deshaun Jackson turned down a half a million dollar workout bonus to not work out with the team. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going well. Um, but yeah, there's, there's problems. There's questions, obviously, about the, the uh, well, most of their front seven, to be honest, with you, at this point. The cornerback situation, obviously, does look better now. Bashaw Breeland showed last season he's a very good player, and they brought in Josh Norman, who probably isn't going to be as good, just given, again, the yeah. pass rush isn't as good. But he, he's still a good player. Man, he's getting paid. And he is oh, getting Jesus paid Jesus Christ. <laughs> but uh, that's the market now. Um, obviously, the problem is, that beyond that, uh, when you get to safety, they're moving down. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Hall is going to safety, and he's... D'Angelo Hall. The, thing, the, the um, thing I
1: always, whenever it says Deangelo Hall, I just remember the uh, the the scene from. Uh was it hard knocks last year, oh, where yeah. uh, where he just got, he just got double stepped by oh, yeah yeah and he just he just fell over and just walked off the field and was like I'm not playing anymore yeah. <laughs> like fuck this because he was he was all about the match he was shiting on pre pre snap he's like oh I'm gonna ruin you you ain't gonna catch your fucking pass well, <laughs> and I'm
0: I'm he just I'm like I'm just I'm fell I'm over and then just retired for the day <laughs> pretty much that's the entire whole career in a nutshell but uh, he's he's with safety and then uh Bruton who is essentially. Uh, Former special teams player from the Broncos is looking like he's going to be the other starter. So that's a lot of questions there. Um, Bruton's a big hitter, but he's like, can he do the coverage? I mean, Base coverage seems mm, Yeah. Broncos didn't think he could. So there's a lot, a lot of questions on there. And then of course, uh, Potros has gone to the Patriots now. Yeah. And that's a big, big hole against the run. And then their own <laughs> running game is like, who, who is Magic? Like, yeah, yeah, like they showed flashes last season, but again, nobody who can consistently tote the rock and set up the passing game like they need yeah. to. So but again, so say, for say for what the team. you want to say, say what you want to say,
1: they're going to desperately miss Freddie. They're going to miss <laughs> Freddie, they're going to miss <laughs> Freddie, <They're gonna> <laughs> they, they
0: shouldn't, they, I don't know what they were playing out with them last season, but anyway, this is a team that in a, in a, in a similar way to the Giants is capable of being very, very explosive and very, very creative and very, very exciting, mm-hmm. but is also just capable of stinking up the joint and giving up huge scores. I think we're going to see this team, similar to last year, get into a hell of a lot of shootouts, they're going to be in a lot of exciting games. But and they're going to win some of them, but they're not going to win all of them. I think there is going to be a lot of those sort of coin flip type here's, here, shootouts. Here is an interesting question.
1: I think you like it's because I, I don't know what the answer to this is. So obviously we thought you know it's very confusing that the Cowboys took on Morris and kind of uh, you know then have their massive number of running backs. I find it very confusing that this team let him go, given that he didn't get paid a huge amount with the Cowboys, and that is that is one of the things. Like I'm pretty sure my my one-liner for this is going to be, what are you going to do, a running back? <laughs> like, like it seems weird that for that price they let him go, given what he has done. Like, like what do you think, Fitz?
2: Well, like in terms of the running back situation, I think like Freddie Morris is a good, if not elite, ZBS type running back. I think when they brought in the West Coast system under Gruden, it didn't is it, quite it, suit is his it, skills as much. Favorite system. For- well, no, I it's, know it's not purely a system, but I think, like, Gruden prefers a bit more flexibility in his running backs. What about yourself, Ryan?
1: Like, what's
0: your take on this? I know he's your boy. Oh, yeah, I Morris can't catch the ball. But there's... He's not a pass protector. Like, yeah, I think it is primarily a scheme thing. I think a lot of it's Gruden sort of detoxifying, for want of a better word, the whole RG3 setup and yeah. trying to move on to his... That, that was the thing. thing. Like, I, like, I, I did but the thing been... is, Jones and Thompson weren't that good last season yeah I, I did have a thing in the back of my head
1: of like when they were getting rid of RG3 I was like well yeah like this is a thing because Freddie Mars, I'd always have Freddie Morris tied with RG3 mm. in my head of like they were the young ones that came in and were doing
2: well kind of thing what about yourself Fitz what do you think on this team like, these racists my, my biggest problem with this team starts <laughs> in the very top with the ownership this is not a good ownership and that means that if things, if things go wrong this is an ownership which is liable to start making mistakes to start flailing around Like they have a good GM in Scott McLoughan but I don't I don't really trust Gruden and I definitely don't trust Snyder as an owner. I think this is the kind of team that when things are going well, things are grand and then they can do exciting things like sign Josh Norman. But the second that things start to go against them is the team is liable to fire a coach in the middle of the season yeah. or to cut players and stuff like that. I think on paper there's lots of things to like here, but there are clear deficiencies at running back and defensive line. I know. But my biggest issue is just I don't trust this team as a kind of unit in terms of who's running it.
1: I, I've been saying because like I think I think it's one of those ones where like it's one of the few teams. Obviously, you know, there's a reason we don't say their name because we don't like it and we don't think the guys are sane and Schneider's a wank, but. I also have that thing of like if I was a player and I know obviously it's very hard to kinda of get into that mindset because it's 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 so separate from what our lives are, this is this is an organization that I think as a player I would not want to get involved with. And that's that that's a thing that I think will even though it's not you know, obviously people are getting paid and they're 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 playing away for them, but like I think that sinks into the psyche. I think you're
2: entirely right. That like even at the top end I think that's like, do we believe that the lessons from the RGD situation have actually been learned, or that things went well last season so it, it kind of was kept under the surface, but that those same issues or same types of issues
0: from the top could occur again? And I think they definitely could. Yeah, I think they the sort of issues that do manifest in the field, because it's interesting what you say about the organisational structure, and I think it's actually true of the type of players they have as well. If you look at guys like D'Angelo Hall, like Junior Galette, and also like Josh Norman, who they brought in. These are guys who have... I, I forgot f- about Junior Galette. Yeah, he's Jesus. still um, these. Are, this is a fiery bunch. Those are the kind of players who, when things are going well, that fire that they have is really, really useful and makes them better. But when things start going badly, those are also the kind of players who yeah. deal badly with that. And if you're looking at these guys to be you know, leaders on the field or leaders in the locker room or whatever, if the organisation itself starts going top-down, you're definitely going to see this filter down to the field. No, hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's where the strong leadership becomes so important. But that's it. Like that's Absolutely.
1: that's entirely what I think. And like, like let's, let's be honest. Like the loss RG3 is not a loss of strong leadership. That was. I'm not going to say he's as bad as Schneider was, but like he did not manage that stuff particularly well. Didn't manage the injury well. Didn't deal with the scenario as well. Didn't deal with adversity well. He. The one thing he did was like he he shut the fuck up after a while when he was benched and cousin was there. Like, but. That that was that was the first bit of kind of like actual leadership and like just trying to make sure the locker room worked that I saw from him. Uh, like given given this is a chap who was like playing safety on their
2: on their scout team. Yeah, but I think he was angling for a chance to actually be like if he kept, yeah. if he kept no, giving like he, shit, he wouldn't have got. He wouldn't be a starting quarterback right now. That's well, it. penciled in starter. That's only. it. <laughs> <Thanks people. laughs> so lads, it might be worse than the I, su-
1: I suppose it's time for that question. What's your one line on this team? If you're a look at this team going forward, the Washington Racists, what do you think? Ownership is probably the
0: worst Snyder, despite Batman versus Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, the whole thing is still a mess. Hashtag change the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: ownership's a problem. People are problems. Could do well, but they need to sort that out that's it actually I think I think we're seeing a recurring theme of like in this division and it's why we always give this division shite is just none of the teams in it really know what they're doing they don't know where they are in the ongoing kind of schema of building teams they're all just kind of constantly rebuilding slash going in a window (laughs) I think the Washington racists are exactly that.
2: They don't know what they want apart from to win some games, and they don't know how to achieve that. I think it's like even like a kind of like a, just like a brief side like note. It's just like there's kind of a meta thing because like obviously if every year all these teams are in competition because of how mediocre it is. There's not the same competitive impetus pressure to right. actually yeah. fix things yeah. properly. do Because th- if a Green Bay was in this division, it would win every season. And that would possibly give impetus for another team yeah. to actually do something. You're right. Now, of course, the AFC East exists. Yeah. <laughs> so that does isn't necessarily going to happen. But it's an interesting mm. thought.
0: So I suppose we've got our (laughs) predictions for these guys. So Harry, you are... I have um, them 8-8 winning division more or less by default and then getting absolutely spanked in the wild card. Perfect. And yourself, it's... 8-8 but missing out uh,
2: to the Giants.
1: I have them at seven and nine and yet again I think I've been too
2: favourable. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's loads of really good players on that team like Josh Norman, that wide receiver core. Like there's lots of reasons why you might be optimistic. It's just like ugh, there's something wrong. Perfect. Something rotten in the heart of Racist So we're going to swing on
1: down <laughs> now So I suppose down to the NFC North So we're swinging straight on to the NFC North uh, This is an interesting division in one respect Because we have a lot of people moving up A lot of people moving down We've got let, Let's be honest like Very widely different opinions On how some teams are going to, going to go in this I'm not gonna lie, some of those opinions were formed after a couple of pints. But you know, we'll stand by them. <laughs> all, all of our opinions, in fairness, are. <laughs> uh, we're drinking right now, but it's Hard to debate. <laughs> so we'll start off with the uh, with the bears. Uh, why not? So team in flux. New management lost OC. They've added in Trevathan. They've added in Kevin White. They've added in Leonard Floyd. They've got a couple of a couple of interesting pieces there. They've lost quite a bit in that I think I'm not alone in this group in thinking I rate Matt Forte incredibly mm. highly definitely, oh, definitely. and uh, like even even at his age his production even last year was fantastic Um So I think that's a big, big miss. Even though, even though they have the young running backs kind of performed well in in the running back role, I don't think they're as complete and as good as that. That said, it's a team that has question marks every year. Given you know the 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 general opinion of how their quarterback is, (laughs) you don't give a fuck. (laughs) What do you reckon? I suppose
2: seeing seeing as you're vocal on it, I'll go to you first. Ronan, what do you like, think about the Bears? This is an incredibly weird team. Like I really like this new defense that they could potentially have, and it, it, like they put a lot of interest. Like they were like there was a very much an ascension there. Like uh, John Fox is a generally defensive minded coach. He built a good defense in Denver or in Denver, uh, and then they have Vic Vangio as their defensive coordinator, and he's very very good. Like the things that he did in San Francisco a few years ago are amazing, and. He's, he's still working uh, some really thing, and they've had, added a lot of pieces last season. They've added more pieces this season, to, like mm. Purvaydon. So like on the defense, and they added Leonard Floyd in the draft. Mm. It's like I really like this defense, but that offense they lose Adam GaSe, who obviously got a head coaching job based yeah. on his offensive work. They still have Jay Cutler as their quarterback, obviously question marks abound, and they lose Matt Forte and Martellus Bennett, two massive pieces of that offense. So you're kind of left like this could be this team is going to be a lot more boring to watch generally from a kind of general entertainment perspective but it could still be a solid unit as a whole. Um, but this is, going, this is going to be a very different team than it was under Tressman a few years ago. Yeah. This is now a defensive team built around the defence which is trying to get Jay Cutler uh, through the game effectively. No, of course, of course. I agree with you
1: entirely and also I, I, I will say I will say I have probably a better opinion of Jay Cutler than a lot of people do in that I think I agree with everyone on the idea that he's a doesn't care, he's not a great quarterback, but I think he's similar to what you were saying about the the, the the people with the racists, right? That when it's going well, he can perform to an excellent degree. I think he entirely lacks the motivation and the drive that you want to see in that position. This is this is this is probably why I'm more bullish on him. I don't at any point doubt that he has the talent. It's just whether or not personality-wise and mindset-wise he can deliver is my issue. So Harry, what's your take on these guys?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm more inclined to agree with Fitz's assessment than yours, to be honest. To um, I think I don't know if Jay Cutler has the consistent talent. Oh, I didn't say consistent. Style. He
1: just has the talent. He just but. never uses it because he <laughs> don't care. I <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think they're doing very nice things. The defense, it's 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 interesting to see uh, them building that over the last season or so, and particularly this year. However, losing Forte and Bennett is huge, particularly down in the red zone. And what they're trying massive, to do with, with Jeffrey and White now is what they did with Jeffrey and Marshall, which is basically have two fade route monsters in the end zone. But we still don't actually know how good White is. Yeah. And the other thing is, is a part of the reason that works so well is because Bennett and Forte were also matchup nightmare so you had four eyes who could potentially be receiving the ball who are very difficult to cover so you've cut that down you don't have that flexibility out of the backfield they had with Forte with their young runners you don't have that uh, tight end option anymore that they had with Bennett um, so I'm just not sure how they're going to consistently move the ball down the field and I think we're going to see again Cutler go back to oh bad Jay Cutler where he just humps it up to the biggest guy, even if he's triple covered, in the hopes of just landing a bomb because he just yeah. gets frustrated. And I, 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 I also think there's a mental have, thing where he like he actually
1: likes the idea of being like, you know, even if like if this goes bad, it goes bad. But if it goes great, I'm sorry, I'm a Jay, Cutler liking, <laughs> Jay Cutler liking I, 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 no, Jay Cutler like, Jay Cutler cares not for. Well, no, no, like, he doesn't care about the he doesn't he doesn't care about doing it. But if it goes well, he like I will take all of
2: that fucking I, like love that will come. No, <laughs> I, I just don't see how the offense. Functions Like They're putting a lot of faith In offence That these cut down versions Of these play Like that That Langford will be as good As he yeah, was yeah. replacing Forte That uh, Zach Miller Will be an adequate tight end Because he was he was decent <laughs> That they're putting a lot of faith In these players Who haven't really proven themselves That they can continue The form we that will. they we, had we, Last we my, year where
0: Miller play, When Miller had his big plays That was often in two tight end formations yeah. So he already had been On the field So he was getting Really really favourable matchups so He's not going to have that anymore And without Gase Gase was I think The perfect OC for Cutler And with him gone God knows what's gonna happen, yeah. we'll see
1: like, I think I think there's an interesting chat. We'll have it later on when of recovering uh, your team, the seahawks yeah. i think the the dynamic of like Langford as a back coming in as a replacement is very interesting, especially with you guys. As a comparison, like
0: yeah. replacing Lynch, I think there's 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 a couple of kind of like tied yeah. storylines there that but, are quite interesting. How many times we've we seen a guy come in as a replacement when teams don't really know what, like opposing teams don't really know what to expect? They don't have the tape, they don't have the inflation, yeah. and doing really well, and then their sophomore year hitting that so-called sophomore slump because teams don't know what to expect. That's true, them. but
1: like, but like I think in both of these scenarios, we've seen it not just for two weeks. It was that they had enough tape that they were going yeah. to scheme against, and you still saw production. Mm-hmm. And like, I agree with you entirely. I think, I think, I think the sophomore slump is a very true thing just because it's not just dealing with the player it's also dealing with the blocking scheme yeah. but with the introduction and this is this is i think in my head the the big wild card for this team is like how different is this new OC going to run the running game because if they but they're would, a relative no-namer
2: as well like, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even kind of do his name it's like but apparently he very little like relatively little experience of like running successful offense. Yeah. So like, well, like yeah. I think, I think, I think that's the big, the big
1: issue yeah. with this team is like, how different is this offense going to run?
2: And there are some less interesting deficiencies. Like they're yeah. to run like Bobby Massey is like their like one of their tackles. Yeah, like <laughs> was pretty bad for Arizona. And then their secondary is still pretty suspect. so.
0: The, the, the OC by the way is called Dowell Loggins, <laughs> and he was telling me the quarterback's coach. Right. So we're so, so entering the danger zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We're also talking about an OC here
1: spent at least a bit of time dealing with Jake. don't give a shit Jay Cutler so as well as if you're going to put it in one phrase Fitz what are you going to go for?
2: Defence good offence Cutler <laughs> Yourself so Harry? Right? I can't wait for Mike Ditka's hot takes
1: um. <laughs> I, My take is I think there's a lot of potential I hope they can realise it which will probably reflect itself in how I place these guys <laughs> in the Olympics. So, Harry, you've got them. At 5 and
2: 11 because of the problems I've already outlined. Fitz, you've got them. 8 and 8, kind of splitting that uh, Jekyll and Hyde uh, assessment of them.
1: I've got them 10 and 6, and making it all the way to the NFC Championship game, but getting eliminated there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go home, draw, Connor, you're drunk. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's. Go drunk,
1: <laughs> Connor, you're home. <laughs> so, let's go for the Lions. This is a team that I think has no idea what the fuck they're going to do this year. They are a team that blew hot at certain points. Uh, the tail end of the season last year for them was much better than what we were seeing in the first half after the coaching swap. Uh, like we actually, we actually got to see these guys live in, in Wembley, oh God. and my God, did they sink that place up! <laughs> Like there was, there was an album. He was like, "This is great." I'm watching Kansas City and they're winning, but then like it was, it was essentially the like the the Hamburglar instance <laughs> in the Simpsons. Yeah, in we like yeah. stop, stop. They're already dead at the end. They've still not managed to fill the loss of Sue. They've had Megatron decide to retire. Uh, now they've added some new players. They've got some potential there. With A. Robinson is a good example of. Potentially a very good player uh, coming on, but it's unproven that Marvin Jones has come in, they've got Taylor Decker, they've got options, right? But this is a team, in my head, has lost far more than they have brought in, and a team that I think doesn't have coaching and GM level buy in to a plan. I think they are in flux, and this season will be one, a bad season, and two, A season that will cause an awful lot of change within the organization, and probably down to the players, but like a lot of change
2: in the organization. What do you think, Fitz? Well, they've already had a lot of change in the last few years. Like I think we're effectively seeing here the new month of that uh, last playoff uh, capable. Lions team And they were entering Another vintage Lions period Of horrible Terrible teams Now now,
1: now, Let's just put it out there I don't think any of us think
2: We're looking at Another no win team As they had back in Whatever On the offence Their offensive line is Relatively mediocre They brought in Decker In the draft like who are they playing at running back? Amir Abdullah, is, is he going to like be the like is he going to be the breakout candidate that we thought he was going to be last season? Like your top two wide receivers are like solid like Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. They're both good players, but obviously we're now living in the post Megatron world. Megatron obviously even in his latter days was still a fundamentally you know wire one who could take all that pressure off. We saw that in certain games like the Eagles where he just could still blow the whole game apart. Like they're relying on Eric Ebron and tight. Ty- like uh, on the offence Question marks Question with question marks On the defence The once famous defensive line Is no more yes, Ziggy There's Anza. nothing there like There's it. like Ziggy Ansah And that's it And then in the secondary They have Rashad Jones I believe And that's about it Yeah. What do you think, Harry?
0: What's your take? Um, I'm not as uh, negative about the Lions. I do always tend to overrate the Lions. I don't even know why. I don't really like the Lions. I just always think they're better than they are. I don't think they're in a good spot. I agree there's a lack of direction, but I think they have more talent than you're giving them credit for. I think both Golden Tate and Marvin Jones uh, are good players and have also shown that they can actually play well when Megatron and AJ Green respectively were um, not fit and not able to play, still actually played well so I think those guys are a decent combination uh, if obviously they're not going to compensate for the loss of Megatron but I think they still have options at so we've also got Jeremy Curley who is quite a good slot of guy and we, we had many
1: chats last year even about the fact that uh, even when Megatron was on the field they were just not targeting him removing Megatron will probably mean that there'll be a free an, an additional safety yes. slash back to cover someone else yeah. but like
0: it wasn't like they were running their offense through so, him until the last two or three games. Exactly, they weren't. I agree that the run game is is a concern more so than the receiving game. I think Matt Stafford can, will continue to be a random number generator uh, in the passing game. They will win games on the base of so that. The defense, I don't think it's that bad. Yes, there are problems on the D-line. Yes, Logan out has been disappointing. Ziggy Ansai is obviously one hell of a player, but consider, remember again, DeAndre Levy is there. He was phenomenal last season in the linebacking core. They're getting Stephen Tollock back after his incredibly stupid self-inflicted injury and the defensive backfield isn't that bad I mean Darius Slay is a pretty good player Maths is a pretty good player like they're not as bad as I think I don't think they're great but I don't think they're as bad as you're you're saying they are so I don't think they're going to do fantastic things but I don't think they're going to Struggle immediately, but I don't think we're going to see any progress. This is a team that's sort of just going to, I think, spin its wheels a lot this season. It is a
2: decline, though, in general.
0: Um, I think it's going to be worse than last season just for the absence of Megatron, if nothing else. But I don't think, as Connor was saying, because they went away from him so much, I don't think it's going to be a huge drop off. And I think they've added some, you know, they've added some some weapons. And what do we think about Jim Bob Cooter? Well, no,
2: like, Jim Bob Cooter is the X factor on this offense. Jim Bob Cooter brought in about halfway through the Mm -hmm. season last year, and the offense suddenly looked completely different. Yeah. Is that a flash in the pan? Like, is that something that, like, defensive coordinators have been looking at and are going to be able to scheme them out? Because if what he did last season isn't just a flash in the pan, then, like, my assessment of this team will go, go up a lot. No, and that's okay. why I have them, I haven't given them, like, you know, I haven't given them a very bad grade, like, the Browns and the 49ers. I've given them, like, a, like I've given them a few wins. But there's so many question marks in terms of talent. That I can't
0: really see yeah, them as a no winning course. team. Harry? This is quite telling that both myself and Fizzle made up a defensive back for the Lions. <laughs> 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 it's a meta <laughs> joke. I didn't, didn't <laughs> want to say it, but, <laughs> but very, happens. very direct. Uh, one line. How do you take it, Harry? Just this is a team in marginal uh, decline, going nowhere quickly. Just going to be spinning its wheels this season. Fizz? And who do we trust? <laughs> Myself is just,
1: it's declining, stop pretending it's not declining, rebuild, if you start now you can have success later. Metaphor for the city of Detroit. Yep. <laughs> I've got these guys not doing so well. I've got them 5 and 11. fits 6 and 10. Uh, 8 and 8. Yeah. yeah. You, are, you are more bullish on them. And I, I think, I agree with you to an extent, I think there's potential but I don't think they're going the right direction to realize potential. I think they need, they don't need a terrible season, but they need a bad season where they then just go, look, we have to accept it. We need to reassess. They
2: they had a window and it's closed.
1: We've seen the brown bags already. I think this is going to be a season of brown bags. Speaking of brown bags, (laughs) we're going to move on to the Packers. (laughs) That didn't make any sense. I know. That was the point. (laughs) The Packers that stock that we've all bought that is worth shit (laughs) (laughs) I think this is an interesting one we saw both how good and how bad they can be when faced with adversity last year they are a team that is eternally a contender because of Aaron Rodgers but is also a team that we've now figured out cannot depend entirely on Aaron Rodgers Um, obviously they get Jordy Nelson back from injury that's a massive massive boon They've lost some of their line with Raji deciding to retire for a year and maybe come back. Uh, a couple of other ones like Neil in the secondary and stuff. Sorry, no, is Neil the secondary? No, Neil's a a D Lyman. He's D Lyman, that's it. Sorry, yeah. So they've they've got the be. That was it, yeah. Essentially we're looking at a team where I think we always eternally look at this team as being a contender. And that might just be conditioning because of like the last ten years that we've been properly watching football they have always been contenders. But I think it's kind of interesting to look at this team now and say, like, is it as point... So it came out during the off-season, they had problems, and the players were complaining about the fact that they do not really do free agency. And it, it, it's been an identity that they don't do what other teams do. <laughs> like, don't do what Donny Don does. <laughs> but, like, they were always that team. Whereas now, I think, reactionary, the... The division they're in have tried to respond to what they do and they do not show the flexibility needed to change what they do to constantly keep it new and keep it as effective as it was. Is this a team that can get back their Jordy Nelson and get back to what they were beforehand, their old status quo? Or is this a team where they're trying to build what they had five years ago and that's no longer the case in the NFL?
0: Harry? Die look, I I think they're still good. Um, basically. Like to put it extremely bluntly. No no, no
1: spoilers, but that's gonna come out of the pick spot. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is, it is, it is.
0: They still have Aaron Rodgers. They're getting Jordy Nelson back as a phenomenal player now. We don't know how up the speed he's going to be, but he's back in OTAs, he's back starting working out again, so it's probably going to be fine. If Lacy Lacey can get his conditioning back, that's gonna be really good because he's obviously seen he can be a phenomenally good player when he when he's <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, that happened. That um, they're also moving Clay Matthews back outside, yeah, uh, which is his best position, and that's going to make a hell of a lot of difference, I think. So, to be honest with you, I still think they're far and away the best team in this it's, division. I think the best best just because just,
1: just you said it, I'm going to ask you, do you actually think they're going to have him outside the whole time, or do you think this is a we find a guy we can put inside, but realistically
0: we're going to probably knock him inside a lot? I think Matthews is going to play significantly more snaps outside yeah. this season than he did last season. I'll put it that way. Yes, um, well, <laughs> given he played <picked>, for we'll <laughs> yeah, snaps outside last season, no, I think I think they're going to. It's start, an easy I, bet. <laughs> I think they're going to start the transitioning him back into into his best role. So I think you have to put your best players in their in their best position ultimately. That's it. And that's what we saw. Like Matthews was an emergency fix inside, and he wasn't like phenomenal yeah. in that position. That he's he, he's literally. The other side of the coin to my issue with JJ Watt, where they're just like JJ Watt can pick where he wants on yeah. the line to, yeah. to well, rush again. So, but look, I, I honestly I think they are still, and we've seen it year on year on year. They still have the core of that very very good team. They still have their most talented players. They are getting one of their most talented players back. They appear to be getting one of their other ta- very talented players back into shape. They're a very very difficult team to stop. Yeah, there are still obviously question marks about the defense, but. They have a good enough offense to paper over those cracks because the defense isn't bad. It's merely not as good. So, Fitz, they have probably the most unattractive head coach in the league. What's your
1: thoughts? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not relevant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're true, you're true. But no, like I think Harry, he looks like
2: he enjoys the cheese card. <laughs> Harry's like the only real weakness they have is at ILB. Like they're going to try people and put they're going to put try new people there, free agents. Like they'll have churn over the off season probably and through training cap to see who's the best there. I think they're you know they don't want they don't want to the best pass rusher. If if Eddie Lacy is, can slim down, that is the biggest change. Like, I think Jordy Nelson is massive, but the fact that they had a balanced offense a couple of years ago made a massive difference to the play quality of play of Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And if last year was a down year, don't forget that they were like incredibly Playoff. unlucky <laughs> yeah. to like get knocked out by Arizona. Well they're incredibly lucky to be in that situation. <laughs> yeah. But I think that like it illustrates the point. Like when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, anything can happen. This is, this is, this and I think is, in that case, like this is a team that you have to consider to be a favourite. This in the is a big thing I
1: have, like when you look at Aaron Rodgers, now obviously like I think Tom Brady is an excellent quarterback but the thing that Aaron Rodgers provides which is very bizarre cuz even in that down year we saw it was uh they don't have a great Olaf. Right? but he still manages beyond any form of reasoning to like say mostly upright and still get passes off like we saw that, like the across the chest pass to the other side that we saw in the playoffs last year like He is a player who is not just good, like, he's transcendentally good, right? And I have an awful lot of value that I put on that, because, like, any team with him under centre, I think, has a great chance. In the same way that I'd say Tom Brady, anyone who has him under centre, is in a great position regardless, right? But is it a point of... Because I think we saw last year the deficiencies in the rest of the team because we didn't have the options to go to the Jordy Nelson, to have an effective run game. like
2: Did we see what the limitations of this team are and have they addressed that enough? I think you've only seen that if things go badly, you play worse. Like Every team will have unfortunate events like injuries and stuff like that. And I think we saw all the limits of Aaron Rodgers' ability to fix things because there was like the game plan broke down and it was basically Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, go improvise victory for us, please. And it, to be fair, he did it. He did it against the Lions. He nearly did it against the Cardinals. Like he did manage to do amazing things. But that means that like if that's their baseline, their but, expectations is like, a Super Bowl. That's their only real problem. But but, but, but that's question. the that's question. That's the question. They've got the
1: baseline. But do we think that they have improved themselves enough to then go beyond that? Like. Is it just going to be, like, a parental team who goes to the goes to the playoffs but doesn't really get through the playoffs? Like, someone- they, they, they've got a great core and they've got a good team, but is this a team that does not end up,
2: you know, winning, winning. going that much further? They end up meeting, kind of... To win the Super Bowl, everything needs to go right. Or, you know, most of the time, everything needs to go right. I think, like... It's unfortunate that they've been so good for so long That the Super Bowl is their expectation But I think there's just At a certain point To win the Super Bowl requires a bit of run of luck And I don't think they can control that And that's where If Jordy Nelson comes back well And if Jared Cook works out And stuff like that They could win a Super
0: Bowl And they're definitely close enough That that's a realistic expectation Yeah, I, look, I think that's fair And I mean You say about like That's the baseline and not progressing Like I don't know if Maybe I'm, I'm reading what Ron said differently to you But I think this is the thing Last season was pretty much beyond the seasons where Arbor has just been crocked. That was pretty much the worst-case scenario for them. Yeah. And he pulled wins out of his ass for them. And he oh, got them into the playoffs. And I... they, could, they, they were very, very close to going further than they I, did. I, I agree with you, so, Charlie. The critical thing is, is like, it is unlikely that they are going to have exactly all those same things go wrong again this year. You're going to see a progression almost by default because you know, it, it's very unlikely they're going to have be in the same scenario with as many problems and while yeah there are certain deficiencies that they haven't fixed when your big free agent signing is Jared Cook like that's (laughs) I mean okay that's whatever but the team itself is good enough and they can make the Super Bowl in the playoffs you always need a bit of luck you always need a bit of things things to go your way a certain way they didn't uh, last year this year they could, but they're definitely going to be in the playoffs and they're definitely going to be one of the best teams in the, NFC, well, well, the NFL. Well, you, you, you say
1: that, but we're going to come very shortly to our predictions.
0: What's your one-line approach? This is still one of the best
1: teams in the NFL.
2: Fitz Aaron Rodgers is good at football There's an
1: awful lot of potential here But I'm not sure if they've actually Taken the right approach to Max
2: We'll go Fitz first I had I'm 12-4 winning the division I haven't worked out how it goes in the playoffs Considering that would contradict what I said earlier But I think a Super Bowl contender for sure yeah,
0: yourself. I have them fourteen and two. Um, that's assuming Rogers stays healthy for the whole season. Yeah, and they'll probably get to the championship game. Let's be honest. I think that's fair. I think we always
1: just assume that they'll stay healthy. I have them going. I know Your whole, your whole but, thing uh, is like,
0: they, how deep can they make into the playoffs? No, and no. Like, is. I,
1: I, I'm going eight and eight. I think, I think they fall off the cliff. I think.
2: So Aaron um, Rodgers will get injured That's basically Connor <laughs> Kelly's prediction <laughs> No 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 There's no way That makes sense Unless Aaron Rodgers Gets injured I do everybody I else, else Gets injured <laughs> <laughs> Like Literally everybody else so they, they already seem- did that And they still get the playoffs
1: Laugh at me now Enjoy it later <laughs> That's fuck it And on the final team In this division The Vikings Look, they finally stopped beating their children. They're ready to play some football. What do we make of this? They've got an incredible... Let's be honest, as much as we hate him as a person, an incredible running back. They've got an ascending quarterback. They've got some wide receivers that looked really good down the back end. They played that horrible game against uh, your Seahawks, uh, which we watched, and that was horrendous to watch. (laughs) It was like in the tundra, though, effectively. It is. They've added some players which are nice I haven't lost anything too bad like Mike Wallace is probably the biggest (laughs) name person they've lost and that's essentially just been like oh I forgot where that ticket was Mm. oh but that was two weeks ago it doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) they lost the other matches brother, as well (laughs) that's true so I'll go to Harry on this one first what's your take on the Vikings I have a hot take on the Vikings
0: I have a very hot take on the Vikings. I'll come to that in a moment. I agree with what you're saying. I think this is a team that, in theory, is in the ascendancy. Has made some nice additions. is looking well. I really rate Teddy. I have this weird feeling that this is the season that AP breaks down. Yeah, I, I could see that. And I genuinely think if you look at the injuries, if you look at the workload, if you look at his production, if you look at the scheme, the things it, it's stacked against in this season... And the problem is that they have good options. Jarek McKinnon is a he had th- he, fantastic little player. I'd say but he's not he, necessarily he, a three-down back. And also, if Peterson starts going off a cliff, you can't just bet yeah he, 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 ha, he, he, he had
1: two games last year where he averaged less than one yard a carry. Does which that mean? kind of says to me that he's not as explosive as he was. And I'm... I'm, I'm I'm 100% lockstep with you. I think that I think this is the season where we see that because so, normally it would have been last season or a season before, but he had that year out because of the uh, because of the all the whole him
0: being a massive cunt. Exactly, stuff. he had the he had the ACL and he had the suspension. Um, but the, the thing is, I think that the Vikings are this should be a year for them where they really start pushing Green Bay and start trying to that division. I think what we're actually going to see is the team finding itself in a very difficult year unexpectedly in a transition because of that yeah, and they're going to take a year or two to sort that out because they were so heavily focused on that aspect of this the game is,
1: this is very interesting because like this is so why, I have been doing a little bit better than yourself but like I have the exact same thing in my head as like I say this is a team in the sense they've got young players they're seeing production out of them, but like We 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 said this about a lump of this division as well. I think the problem is so they've got a young team in ascendancy, but a young team in ascendancy that is still tied to, like a thirty-one-year-old
0: running back, and that is what defines them, and that's a problem. Exactly, it's tied to an aging superstar. And the the thing is, they've got a very good defense. They've got a very good quarterback. They've got very promising young receivers. They bolstered the O line, and they've got a very the defense is top to bottom very very good, Mm. and was very very quietly very good last season. The the thing is, that I think the reason I think they're going to struggle even with those things is again, it's because it's the cornerstone, it's the keystone that gets hurt, and when that part falters, it's much more difficult to adapt than it would be otherwise. If you see, saw this team and they just did never had Adrian Peterson, they'd probably be okay. But then if AP starts to break down you have they're to not, change yeah, how I think they're not benching matches. they're not benching exactly. like. and you have to you can, it's, they're going to struggle to adapt and I think they're going to move forward in some ways so I don't think that's yeah. going to be reflected in how they finish this season because I think they're going to struggle to adapt It seems to look dubious what do you think no like,
2: like I think like they've got a good coach in Zimmer who would drop Adrian Peterson if he had to I think this is a strong old school coach who isn't going to like keep running AP if he's making one yard gains and isn't doing anything I think They've improved, like they got Laquan Treadwell, the kind of uh, possession receiver that Teddy yeah. Bridgewater probably needs to succeed. They, they added two very good players Alex Boone and Andrew Smith to that offensive line. I think mean, this is the type of team, like, yeah, I think if Adrian Peterson does poorly, it definitely puts a dampener on them. But I think they're still good enough overall because this is now, under Mike Zimmer, a defense first team. The job is that the defense will kill the other, like, will choke the life out of the other teams. And I think we saw last season that this defense has enough talent to do that. And we've seen over and over again, like, teams like the Bengals, teams like the Seahawks, teams like the 49ers a few years ago, if you have a good enough defense, you can, like, compete for playoff positions and for potentially championships. I don't think they're quite there yet because I don't really have faith in Teddy Bridgewater. As a franchise quarterback, I think he's quite solid, but I think kind of like the Bengals, he's not good enough to take them all the way to the Super Bowl. He, he, he's kind of a stuck, young Andy
0: Dalton. Yeah,
2: basically. I think they're stuck in that situation where their quarterback is good enough not to get benched, but not good enough to actually push them forward to being competing at the very top of the division and very the very of this division specifically, and to like push for that Super Bowl. So thing. I
1: suppose Fitz, the easiest question I must ask now is What's your one line take
0: on this team? The Vikings are the Bengals of the NFC. <laughs> yeah. you yourself, Harry? Well mine is AP goes up a cliff and the team will struggle to adapt. Fair enough. I have them
1: having I said you I I have the same idea. I think he struggles but they still do enough. I have them, you know, doing a good job but not that great. In one line lot of potential, but they're still two types of the past.
0: Harry, what's your call? Oh, based on what I've said and based on my hot take prediction, I have them going 5-11. And and what about yourself, Rowan? 10-6, and six, uh, probably eliminating the wildcard round.
1: Ah, we're very close. I have them 10-6, and six eliminating the wildcard round. I say close because you're not sure about that. I am now definitely sure about <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I suppose that's it. We've decided that... Uh, Certain teams are going to do well, certain teams are going to do badly. You've explained it, uh, probably incorrectly. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, fuck you. You're the one who listens to this. (laughs) Just look back at our playoff predictions from a few months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like it. Uh, So I suppose I'll say goodbye for myself, goodbye from Harry. Goodbye. And goodbye from Ron. Goodbye. It's been lovely chatting to you. We're going to have a little bit more of pre-season planning, a little bit more of the discussion about how all the teams are going to do. We're going to do North and East. So if one of those is your team, give us a shout, give us some questions, give us whatever the fuck you want. We will, if it's good, do it. If bad, we will just do it. So (laughs) nothing like it. Lovely to chat to you guys.